Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. Okay, so I have I have a couple things to start off with, but um, first thing is people are sharing the weirdest things that they were scared of as kids, and some of these are funny. <laughs> okay, first one, the Cheez-It Man. He was made up by my dad, so I'd stop eating all the Cheez-Its. <laughs> if he saw you taking Cheez-Its, well, I don't remember what was supposed to happen, but I was terrified of him, and that's all I remember. <laughs> Cheese it, man. <laughs> Next one, I was terrified. I was turning into a chicken. I kept finding little white feathers all over me. Nobody told me what down jackets were. <laughs> oh my gosh. Mysterious feathers everywhere. <laughs> In first or second grade, we were told that we would be holding a fire drill. I got very concerned because I didn't know how to use a drill. <laughs> When I was really young, I was afraid of big leaves. I had no problem jumping in a pile of leaves in the autumn, and small leaves didn't bother me, but I'd stay away from plants that had big leaves, and I remember going inside and asking my mom to get a big leaf out of the yard so I could play. Oh my gosh. I have no idea what it was that made me so afraid of them. <laughs> that was funny. When I was 12, I gave some random person in an online game, my age, sex, and location, and couldn't sleep for a week because I thought I was going to get abducted. <laughs> Someone told me that one time they had a centipede crawl up their ass while they were taking a shit. For years, I did a whole routine of flushing the toilet twice before sitting, and then when I would sit down, I would get up every 20 seconds to make sure there were no centipedes. Every time I took a shit, it felt like life or death. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Uh, the PS2 startup sound. I used to play games and watch DVDs, but I would turn it on and run and hide and wait for the scary part to be over. <laughs> wow. Uh, Jesus. My grandmother told me Jesus was everywhere, including hiding in the curtains. I was five. It set me on the road to atheism. <laughs> <laughs> that is creepy. It is. It is. Uh, the boat scene in the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. That was creepy when you were little. I don't remember it. Uh, the the ring, which I have never seen. Someone recapped it and it haunted me for years. <laughs> that one was a creepy movie. Yeah. My brother and I used to set our stuffed animals and toys up and stare at them from long distance using binoculars. We would take turns, but each of us could only last a few seconds before freaking out, squealing, and handing off the binoculars because we were convinced they were going to start moving and looking and look in our direction. Uh, the toilet flushing. So I was scared of that. Okay. When I was a kid, I watched a TV show about spontaneous human combustion while I was sick with the flu and was 100% convinced I was going to burst into flames. And the fever dreams afterwards did not help. <laughs> <laughs> UFOs. The first time I saw a spotlight in the sky, it was a car dealership having an event. I nearly passed out. I was probably about 10. <laughs> I was absolutely terrified of overflowing toilets. I thought it was just a poop geyser everywhere. I was so afraid that the toilet would overflow that I spent a couple of years hitting the flush and fleeing for my life like a cat zooming out of a litter box. <laughs> I was terrified of Santa Claus as a kid. He just looked big and scary to me. He used to freak me out to the point of tears. Yeah, Peyton never liked Santa Claus either. I can, I get it. Or the Easter Bunny. Yeah. I had I have exactly one picture of Peyton with Santa Claus. And that's when he was too young to throw a fit <laughs> right. about it. Uh, next one, the Unsolved Mysteries intro song. Oh, well, I could kind of get that. That's kind of creepy. Yeah. And my last one of these is so fucking weird, but a giant poop on a string passing by my window. What? That's what... They said. Okay. 
That's super weird. Okay, now I'm going to make us feel so old. Oh, great. This, like I needed help. <laughs> this is old. When I, when, my, when I felt old moments. Oh, gosh. I have so many of those now. Uh, when I think of retro music, I think of Beatles, Frank Sinatra, etc. Now the oldies play, uh, station plays Britney Spears and Usher. <laughs> That's not right. I was talking about gaming with a student, and he mentioned a Game Boy Color, which I had as a child. He then told me he got it because he loves retro gaming. Oh my god! I've also discovered with some of my doctors, with some of my doctors, that I have had diabetes longer than they've been alive. Oh my god! That's horrifying. Uh, my most recent "I'm old" moment happened a few months ago. I'm 49. One of the women I went to grade school with is now a great-grandmother. <gasps> you did not misread that. Great-grandmother. Oh, my God. Please be kind to your peers and don't start churning out the kids until you're in your mid-20s, at least. Please. I'm still <laughs> recovering from having a friend only one year older than me that has got a great-grandchild. Oh, my God. My own grandma didn't even become a great-grandmother until she was in her 60s. I was so not prepared for this. <laughs> That is horrifying. (laughs) My first I'm old moment came on my 34th birthday when watching a Cheers rerun on the TV. And coincidentally, it was an episode where it was Norm's birthday. Coach and Sam asked him how old he was. He was 34. (laughs) I screamed and fell out of my chair. (laughs) I screamed again when uh, Norm was freaking 34. I grew up watching Cheers. What the F? (laughs) Never been the same since. Uh, my early 20s co-workers asking who Madonna and Whitney Houston are. <gasps> what? Tieran recently was like, Whitney Houston's black? <laughs> I was like, oh my god. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I told my 21-year-old niece earlier this year that she was as pretty as Heidi Klum in some of her Easter photos. She responded, that old woman? LOL, I almost died. I thought it was a great compliment. And she didn't know who TLC was. (laughs) I checked my roster of ninth graders for the coming year, and they were all born the year I graduated high school. That sent me into a bit of a crisis, I'll admit. Mm-hmm. I had a dentist appointment. The dentist was 28. I'm 30. He also looked super young. I walked in and literally blurted out, Wow, you're young! He laughed. <laughs> I put the definition... I put the definition to Fergalicious into a class vocabulary slideshow. Not a single seventh grader had any idea who Fergie was. Mm. Oh my gosh. I was in the doctor's office when This Love by Maroon 5 played on the oldie station. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Oh my god. I always used to think athletes were so much older than me. I'm now 35, and I'm older than most professional athletes, so a lot of them look like babies. Mm-hmm. I went back to college a few years ago and was devastated to see young people in my history of journalism class talking loudly during the 9-11 lecture. They weren't listening. In a class of 200-plus, I have never seen a professor stop a lecture and scold anyone. We had been behaving for other lectures. I started to understand that the younger group was taught this subject over and over again in school like they were taught like we were taught about the JFK assassination. But it broke my heart and upset the professor as that was one of the hardest things we've both ever had to witness in our lives. That's when I felt old. Full-grown adults that were born after 2000 Bars only needing to ID if your birth year starts with a two. (sighs) Eight years ago, the day my younger brother turned 50, I was like, I just woke up from a coma. I looked around and muttered to myself, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) I have a 1979 Camaro that I purchased used in 2000. I now work with people who weren't born when I bought that car. 
I can go to a bar and have a drink with people who haven't been alive for as long as I've owned that car. You know this is just depressing, right? I'm sorry. This is my last one. Looking at BuzzFeed article when they name celebrities and I don't realize, or I realize I don't know any of them. Yeah, yep. that's a big thing. It like, is. Yeah, like who are these people? Yep. Those were mine for the beginning. That's what, that's why I stopped watching um, The Masked Singer. Oh yeah, I didn't know who any of them were. were on there. I'm like, who the fuck is that? Yeah, that it could literally be anybody. And i like, who yeah i had no idea who these people were so i stopped watching it yeah there's no way they could guess that correctly (laughs) (laughs) okay this week i did creepy things that pets have done okay not like supernatural creepy either just creepy just weird pets yes (laughs) we have a pomeranian with some anger issues He loves to play with his stuffed toys by attacking them, shaking them like he's a terrier with a rat, then starting to hump them. Oh! I get that humping is a dominance behavior in dogs, but it still makes him look like a violent rapist. (laughs) Anyway, when he's mad at one of us, usually because we are leaving him behind when we go somewhere, he will get one of his toys, beat the shit out of it, and then start humping it. The implication is basically, this is what I would do to you if I were a larger dog. He also loves to steal pairs of dirty panties and lick the crotch. When I'm, what I'm saying is that if my dog were a person, he'd be a registered sex offender. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really sounds like he would. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> my cocker spaniel has one particular snore that sounds like a little demon child laughing. In the middle of the night, I hear a hee 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 at the end of my bed, and my eyes just fly open. <laughs> oh my! That is creepy. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh! A few years back, I was laying in bed trying to sleep. I heard the faintest little sneeze across the room, and I instantly froze in terror. <laughs> Carefully, I cocked my head up off the pillow and stared into the pitch black closet that sits across from me. I was positive that the sound had come from that corner of the room. There was an evil old dwarf hiding in my closet just waiting for me to fall asleep. And then I remembered my brother Snake was up on my shelf by the closet in his cage. I felt dumb. It was just a cute little snake sneeze. (laughs) That's funny, though. (laughs) This one's funny. I have a pet snake, ball python for those curious. The thing with him is that he always looks for the warmest place he can find, which is usually in your clothing. I usually don't care if he wants to curl up in my shirt, but one time I had dozed off and found him wrapped around my dick 15 (gasps) minutes later. It's pretty fucking scary seeing your man meat in the same position as the mice you feed him. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) That would be horrible. I'm laying in bed reading with my dog at night. My bedroom door is open and my room is the only room in the house with the lights on. It's completely silent. I took a quick glance at my dog. My dog is staring out the door into pure darkness. I see him slowly tilting his head to the side, which he he only does when he sees or hears something that seems bizarre. He growls for a good minute. Then he notices me staring at him and wags his tail. (laughs) What? dogs need to be able to talk i'm telling you yes dang it what (laughs) (laughs) what was he growling at a friend had a mastiff that he said went nuts in the middle of the night and actually tried to drag him off his bed by his pajamas when he wouldn't get up he said it took him two hours to calm the dog down and get back to sleep and that to get back to sleep the next morning, he found his truck window smashed in and a bunch of stuff stolen out of his truck. Listen to your dog. Oh, my. Yeah. That poor dog. It's like, how stupid are you? Two hours trying to tell this guy. <laughs> Two hours. He's like, fuck you. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> Just let your shit get destroyed. See if I care. I had this dog for 14 years. She was my baby when all my friends were having real babies. I was crushed when she died. 
Fast forward a couple years and I was living on my own and I had, and I still have, two young cats. I keep a picture of that dog on my wall and the female of my cats would climb on my TV stand, touch that picture of the dog with her paw and look at me. She never did this with any other pictures, nor has she since with any other picture. Just the one of my dog. Shut up. That is so sweet. Aww. Stared at me until I woke up and let her out. There's nothing like that feeling that you are being watched as you're coming to. Then groggily opening your eyes and seeing your dog's face completely devoid of expression watching you. (laughs) That's funny. My dog would stare at the wall and just bark. It would last for 10 to 15 minutes. It was so freaky and I thought our house was haunted. (laughs) Apparently it's a sign of a seizure. What? That's what it says. Oh no. That's interesting. Yeah. My cat yawn raped me once. Excuse me? Um, <laughs> I do it to him all the time because he the face he pulls is hilarious, but I didn't realize he was smart enough to do it back. What are they talking about? I'm not sure. He was lying on my chest, just chilling, and I yawned a big, deep yawn. When my mouth closed, I found that he had put his paw in my mouth <laughs> and was giving me a look that clearly said, See, bitch, how do you like it? <laughs> oh my god. <gosh>. hilarious. <laughs> I never knew it was called that. I don't think okay. it is. I, I don't think so either. If it is, we need to change it. (laughs) Yes. My bearded dragon does this thing where she bulges her eyes out. It's normal for them to do it when they are shedding, but it looks like she's possessed by Satan every time she does it. (laughs) That is kind of, that's creepy. I would. That is creepy. When I was younger, we had a bull mastiff slash boxer mix. My sister and I were playing video games one afternoon and we looked out of the room to see Max, our dog, standing in the hall, just staring in at us. After a few seconds of awkward eye contact, he started pissing. Everywhere. <laughs> oh. Once he had drained his entire bladder, he turned around and waddled away down the hall and down the stairs and fell asleep on the landing. Uh, okay. <laughs> my cat woke me up by licking my nipple. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had a pet sunfish. When it got dark in my apartment, she would sometimes catch a glimpse of her reflection in the glass, which got her pissed. She would flare out her gills and turn a brilliant red and green color. I had just finished finished watching Insidious for the first time and was walking to the bathroom when I saw Sunny, bright red, flaring her gills and looking possessed. Oh gave my me gosh. chills. <laughs> That's funny. I have a cat, so everything... The unblinking stares, the alert eyes darting and riveted on an invisible object, the random bolting through the house with no provocation in the middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah, that's cats. Yeah. Okay, so there's a room in our place that we don't want our cat going in. The person that sleeps in it has allergies. And one time I accidentally left the door open and saw the cat go in. Someone else immediately closed the door, not knowing the cat was there. I was about to open it to get the cat out, only to turn around and see it right behind me. Apparently, my cat can teleport. Weird! That is is weird. Waking up during a thunderstorm with my 100-pound dog two inches from my face because he was scared of the thunder. He was like splinter cells slinking up into my bed and shit. I had no idea he was there. (laughs) Loud thunder rustled my sleep up a bit, and the first of my senses to wake up was the feeling of breath hitting my face. Opening my eyes to this beast basically snout to snout in near black in near pitch black darkness scared the fuck out of me. (laughs) They're like kids. (laughs) One of my cats gets protective of me. I have If I have a guest over and set up the guest bed for them, the cat spends the night in one of two places, either at the foot of my bed watching my bedroom door attentively to make sure my guest doesn't try murdering me in the night, or sleeping on the table near the guest bed and staring at my guest the entire time. (laughs) I've had numerous guests wake up to my large cat sitting there and just staring back at them like he's judging them. 
Every time they rolled over and cracked their eyes in the night, the cat was just staring back. It spooks people because it's like he never sleeps and just watches them the whole night. (laughs) If they can make it through one night without killing me, the cat chills out and divides his time between cuddling with me and cuddling with my guest. Aw, that's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) So, you're basically on probation. Yeah, it sounds like it. And then, you're good. (laughs) My in-law's male cat mounts their female cat and humps her while maintaining strong eye contact with me, as if to say, you're next. Oh my. (laughs) (laughs) My Pomeranian Chihuahua mix is an otherwise normal sweet cuddle bug. Aside from occasionally screaming at other dogs, leaves, towels, garbage cans, or strangers jogging in the opposite direction half a mile away. He has this one little thing. Every once in a while, without any consistency, he will quietly walk up under my chair and very, very gently lick my ankle. Once and only once. Then he walks away. He has me convinced I have ankle cancer. (laughs) That is so weird. (laughs) Preface to this story, my parents always talk about how our house is haunted, particularly the guest room upstairs. So one day, my mom is out doing yard work with the front door open and completely oblivious to the location of our dog. She would never run away from my mom, though, or essentially ever leave our yard. My mom realizes that our dog is nowhere to be seen and starts calling her name. She doesn't think much of it and assumes she's just asleep somewhere. Later, later that day, my mom still hasn't seen the dog and begins to search for her. She looks at all of her favorite places to lay down, common hiding spots all over the front and backyards, nowhere. She starts freaking out at this point, she really loves our dog, and gets one of our neighbors to help one of our neighbors over to help look for her. They start checking ridiculous places around the house such as under beds and behind couches, places my dog has never been before. (laughs) She actually calls the sheriff over, their (laughs) friends, to report her as dog-napped. As my mom's talking to the sheriff, the neighbor starts going, wandering through the house aimlessly, searching everywhere and anywhere. She starts opening all the closets, which is ridiculous because they're always closed in our house and only open when we're using them. So she finally walks into our guest room, checks under the bed one more time, and then sheepishly peeks into the closet. Lo and behold, there's my dog sitting in a completely dark closet with the door closed. What? That's creepy. That is creepy. Aw, poor dog. (laughs) Why didn't it start barking or something? I was terrified. I don't know. Hmm. My Sheba woke me up by licking my eyelid and trying to stick her tongue up my nose once. (laughs) Nowadays, she occasionally gives wet willies. Oh, nice. (laughs) I have four dogs, so four times the creepiness. First dog, he has skin infections that he scratches and chews on. He also makes creepy, demonic sounds while doing this. Pretty creepy to hear in the middle of the night. Second dog, she is a big border collie mix who loves sitting at the top of the stairs when it's dark, so you can go to the staircase and see these creepy eyes on a big shadow-looking thing. Pretty creepy. Third dog, she is a small papillion, papillon, I don't know. As we all know, small dogs bark a lot, so she'll just look into an empty room and start barking like she does when someone's there. Ew, that's creepy. Fourth dog, he is third dog's brother. This little guy isn't as creepy as the other ones, but he likes but he's like dog two and three combined. He loves to stare at people creepily and bark when nothing's there. <laughs> I used to have a Siamese cat named Lily in our small house. And one night in the living room, I see her jump off the couch and plain as day walk upstairs. Now our upstairs are one-shot walkway. You either go up to the bedrooms and bathroom or you are downstairs. There are plain walls on both sides. There is nowhere else to go. You will always be seen. Plus, it's only seven steps. (laughs) I I decide to try and scare her, so I slowly creep to the stairs. My eyes never left her since she got off the couch, and it's only four steps from the couch to the stairs, and I don't see her. I go all the way up, and all the doors are closed, and Lily is nowhere to be found. I would have seen her if she passed me the moment I got up, and I am very sure I didn't I don't hallucinate. 
and I begin to freak out wondering where my baby went and hurry downstairs when I see her sitting on the couch looking at me like I was crazy. What? I guess she scared me that night. Huh. That's creepy. Mm-hmm. Not the greatest story, but here I go. I was watching one of those ghost story shows on TV when my dog decides to wander into the room. He usually never gives me attention unless he needs to go outside, but today he comes up to me. I pick him up, and as we're just sitting there, he starts intensely staring into an empty corner of the room. No nudging or shift, shifting changed his gaze. This went on for quite a bit until I decided to leave the room. That's weird. When I was about 10, my dog, which is an Akita, to give you a good visualization, came into my room while I was sleeping and just stared into my eyes. I woke up and I was afraid to move. I mean, he was about an inch away just staring at me. This went on for a good 60 seconds. Then he just turned around and walked out and went back to my parents' room and went to sleep. He never did it again and it still creeps me out to this day. That's weird. And my last one. I had a rabbit that jumps and shits at the same time. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) That was great. So I am doing some unsettling true crime, but it doesn't involve murder. Okay. So, Belle Gibson, an Australian con artist who lied about having cancer, among other things, in order to scam people into believing she was a wellness expert. She's infamous in Australia, but very rarely talked about outside of it. If you look at her, you'll see a pretty girl who gives office worker influencer vibes, just your average unassuming young woman. But when you look into her story, you realize how truly vile she is. She began posting on Instagram about how she had several forms of cancer and not much time left to live, only to announce that she had given up on chemo so she could start a clean eating diet combined with medication that, lo and behold, cured her. She wrote a book and had an app created called The Whole Pantry that had become one of the most downloaded apps in Australia. She was seen as a glimmer of hope for cancer patients who couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel anymore, and then it turned out that she never had cancer. All the stories about her experience were either made up or stolen from a friend. That's disgusting. That's absolutely disgusting. Okay, next one. The baffling disappearance of large... No. (laughs) Lars uh, Mittank, uh, who was last seen on security footage running out of an airport into a nearby forest. Uh, Mittank was a German tourist vacationing in Bulgaria who disappeared on July 8th, 2014. He had allegedly been involved in a fight did not fly home the day he was supposed to, and had called his mother to say people were trying to kill him. It's not fully understood if there was murder involved, but the video of him running away at full speed and disappearing into something that terrifies me to this day is something that terrifies me to this day. He was running for his life, but from what has never been known. So there wasn't anyone chasing him? No. Huh. And there's, there's, you can actually look that, that footage up on YouTube. And he literally, he walks in, he like puts his bags down, walks like off camera, and then runs out of the airport. And then he runs like off camera into woods. He must have saw someone. I don't know. It's super weird. Afraid though. Of or something. Super yeah, weird. super weird. Uh, the dark story of the final fantasy. Oh, crap. This Roman numeral number. Oh, right I think there. that's seven. I think it's seven. Okay, seven, hopefully. I think. Cult. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Roman numeral number. Isn't that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, also known as the fi- Final Fantasy House that started sometime in 2002 in Pennsylvania and involved fans of the popular role-playing video game. It was a mini cult run by a woman who lured people in using the fandom. She insisted they were reincarnations of the Final Fantasy characters and forced them to have relationships accordingly. The woman would abuse people in the household, both mentally and physically, and take advantage of them financially, too. What? What? Who are these people that are allowing her to do this? I don't know. I had never heard of that. Uh, The stealing of Max Headroom TV signal 
hijacking in 1987 that actually remains unsolved to this day. On November 22, 1987, two Chicago TV stations had their broadcast signals hijacked by an unknown person wearing a Max Headroom mask. In the videos, the person made references to things like the real Max Headroom, various shows, and people, and then ended with having their naked butt spanked by a woman with a fly swatter. To this day, no one knows who is behind the bizarre and unsettling prank. Max Headroom was... Uh, for those who don't know, was a character who was a character created in the mid '80s for Channel Four in the UK that was meant to look like a computer-generated AI being. Although he was played by actor Matt Freewer uh, <laughs> in real life, <laughs> he had a whole origin story TV movie and uh, then went on to host the Max Headroom Show, a kind of UK version of MTV. Max Headroom would go on to reach 80s pop culture icon status and even become the spokesperson for New Coke. That is super weird. And man, whoever did that is like, they have got the best secret. Oh, yeah. Ever. Mm -hmm. That's hilarious. Uh, You can watch the Bizarre Incident on YouTube as well. Uh, This one's another disgusting one. Mm -hmm. Shocking story of Tanya Head, real name Alicia uh, Steve Head, maybe? A Spanish woman who tricked everyone into believing she was a survivor of the World Trade Center attacks on September 11th, 2001. What? She claimed to be a 9-11 survivor, and her story had every element possible that made it all the more amazing. She claimed she had been on the 78th floor of the South Tower, making her one of the only 19 survivors at or above the point of impact. She then said she lost her fiancé in the North Tower and was rescued by Willis Crowther, uh, the man in the red bandana. You know who that is? No. He's... He saved a bunch of people Mm -hmm. and then died in the building. Oh, okay. Uh, She also claimed a man gave her his wedding ring to give to his wife before he died. She joined a network for 9-11 survivors and actually became the president. She even founded a support group herself. Tanya became the poster woman for 9-11 survivors and often talked about her experience while while have... while also showing support for other people who had survived. I don't know why I can't read. (laughs) Many said that they felt even somewhat guilty because not only was Tanya so involved in helping them cope with the events, but she also seemed to cope so well herself, despite the tragedy of the attack, as well as losing her fiance. Then it turned out Tanya wasn't in the World Trade Center that day of the, the day of the attacks. She had actually been in class in Spain. What the fuck? Why? I don't know why and, and I actually watched a documentary on her and like she honestly helped so many people that when they found out that she, I mean it was all a lie some of them like had a hard time like being mad at her because she really did help so many people I, it was all based on a she lie but could have still helped but not told the lie. I know. And it was, yeah, it's like, that's so wrong. Unless it was, unless it was just for the attention. It had to have I been. I mean, that's, that's literally the only thing it had. It had to have been that. That's bullshit. Absolutely. Next one, the unbelievable Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum Art Heist in 1990, which remains unsolved and still has a $10 million reward to this day. On March 18, 1990, 18 pieces of art were stolen from the museum by two men dressed as police officers. The total value of the loss was around $500 million. Theories range from it being an inside job and the security guard who was on duty being involved to the job completed by members of the mafia. The art has still never been found, and some of the most notable pieces stolen were paintings by Rembrandt, Monet and Vermeer. There's just no evidence as to what happened to it or where it went. That's interesting. That is very interesting. Where is it? And it's not like it. That's something that they can just sell. 
Yeah. You know? It's got to I mean, be in a storage room somewhere or something. It, yeah. Could you imagine, like, storage wars? Oh, my God. If they found it? <laughs> that would be awesome. They would be rich, Heck too. Yeah, they'd get immediately $10 million. <laughs> Uh, The unsolved disappearance of international passenger flight Malaysia Airlines Flight 370, which resulted in the loss of all 239 people on board. On March 8, 2014, Malaysia Airlines Flight 370 disappeared while flying from Kuala Lumpur International Airport in Malaysia to Beijing Capital International Airport with 239 people on board. The flight was lost on air traffic control radar, but picked up by military radar hundreds of miles off course from the planned flight path. The flight never arrived at its destination, although various pieces of the plane debris have been found in the years since, most of it is unconfirmed to have actually belonged to MH Flight 370. I wonder if MH Flight 370 plane went to the same place Amelia Earhart did. It almost sounds like they flew through a portal or something. It really does. How can a plane all of a sudden be, what did it say, hundreds of miles? Hundreds of miles off of its flight. There's no way. They only put enough gas Yeah, there wouldn't have been enough gas to get that far. They had to have, like, teleported or went through a portal or something. Something weird That is fucking crazy. That's crazy. Why Uh, did I just repeat what you said? Because it's fucking crazy. <laughs> uh, the Wild Elizabeth Holmes Ther- Theranos saga, which saw Holmes raised to the top of Silicon Valley, being named Forbes' youngest and wealthiest self-made female billionaire in the U.S., then fall after it was revealed Holmes and her company had committed massive fraud. I've been following the Elizabeth Holmes Theranos saga from the jump, and it is wildly interesting. How could anyone build something so huge and so influential to the world's most powerful people on nothing but a con? It's fascinating psychology. Even if you've watched the documentary and seen the series, which are both very well done, I highly highly recommend reading the book Bad Blood, Secrets and Lies in Silicon Valley Startup by John Carreyrou. So, have you have you heard of uh, this Elizabeth Holmes story or, like, watched any of the stuff about her? I, I've heard of it, but I haven't watched anything. It is highly fascinating that, I mean, she literally, she literally sold so much shit on bullshit. It was all bullshit. It's crazy. Okay, next one. The case of Mary Wil- Wilcox, who posed as Princess Caribou of Javasu and pretended to be from a fake island kingdom in the early 1800s. In 1817, an unknown woman appeared in the town of Almondsbury in England, wearing strange clothes and speaking a language no one could understand. She was taken in by a local cobbler and later thought to be speaking Portuguese. According to a sailor, she was supposed to be Princess Caribou from the island called Javasu in Indian Ocean in the Indian Ocean. She carried on with this ruse until it was eventually discovered that she was actually a servant from Devon, England. She had invented the fictitious language and basically hoaxed everyone into, into thinking she was royal, royal <laughs> royalty. One of the most memorable memorable cases I've heard of from the podcast Criminal was the story of Princess Caribou from uh, of Javasu. That's funny. <laughs> Like, yeah, I'm totally a princess. <laughs> Too bad she got caught. Yeah. <laughs> Next one, the upsetting disappearance of Native American girl Antoinette K. Dido. I don't know. <laughs> a case that actually had a couple of suspicious leads that sadly never panned out. Oh, God. Back in April 1986, Antoinette answered the door at her home after someone knocked on it in the early morning. This would be the last time her family reported reportedly saw her. One of Antoinette's sisters initially told police that it was one of their uncles who had knocked on the door, but he was eventually ruled out as a suspect. There have been some strange incidents instances over the years potentially related to Antoinette's disappearance. 
including an unknown girl calling the police to say she was Antoinette and a, and a suspected sighting in Carson City, Nevada, but none of these leads ever panned out. She was nine years old when she was abducted from her home nearly 37 years ago. She lived in Gallup, New Mexico, and, and I go there every week and sometimes pass by her old house and wonder who took her and why. That's so, so sad. It is so sad. Can't even open your freaking door. No, you can't. It really sucks. Uh, next one, the stressful story of Dr. Isaac Hirsch. Why does everyone have a horrible name I can't pronounce? I know. I hate it when I get stories like that and I can't pronounce half the names. <laughs> I'm going to say Hirschkopf because I think that's it. A psychiatrist who got very close to one of his patients, Martin Markowitz, and eventually abused their relationship in order to exploit Markowitz. The real story served as an inspiration for both a popular podcast, The Shrink, ne- the Shrink Next Door, and then an Apple TV Plus miniseries of the same name. Markowitz started seeing Hirschkopf in 1981 and has alleged that over the course of 30 years, Hirschkopf took control of his finances, moved into his home, and acted like he owned it, and basically coerced Markowitz into becoming estranged from his family. In 2021, Hirschkopf was ordered by authorities to surrender his medical license. Wow. What a dick. Yeah. The headline-grabbing story of Anna Delvey Sorokin, a Russian con artist who pretended to be a wealthy heiress in order to be part of New York social and art scenes, and defrauded $275,000 out of businesses and people. I've been following it ever since it broke on the internet for the first time way before Netflix series, and it never ceases to amaze me the way she was able to scam not only New York socialites, but big-name luxury hotels and even banks. She's the true definition of fake it till you make it, and truly, I believe that she had got, that had she not gone on that Morocco trip that cost her former friend uh, Rachel six sixty thousand dollars in card debt she would have managed to somehow get the money that she needed to found to found her dream the anna delvey foundation too bad she probably saw the kardashians instagram post at that one hotel for the one the 0.1 percent and then wanted to stay there too i don't know that one i don't either but it sounds like there's a netflix series on it so it sounds like she just Got shit ton of money by lying to people. You know, I mean, that just goes to show you that people, even as bad as the world is now, still believe what people tell them. Yeah. I mean, how can you... I mean, it's a, it'd be a horrible life if you had to sit there and think, is this person lying to me or are they telling me the uh, truth? Yeah. Every, you know, every person that you meet. It really sucks that we do kind of have to think like that. Sometimes we get lazy and we don't. Yeah. But, okay, very mysterious disappearance of Asha Degree. A young girl who went missing on February 14th, 2000 in Shelby, North Carolina. The disappearance of Asha Degree always gives me chills. She was nine, again, and was seen walking along the highway in the middle of the night by a motorist. Hmm? When she saw him, she ran into the nearby woods. That was the last time anyone saw her. Some of her belongings, like a hair bow and candy wrappers, were found by a shed, but nothing came of that. Then years later, her backpack was found at a construction site wrapped in plastic in a plastic bag. That's it? Mm-hmm. That one is crazy. If you haven't heard about that one, she, they found, I think... They found that she had been talking to some man online. Oh. And she, like, packed a bag and everything. And, like, this this little girl was, I mean, she didn't do anything. She got really good grades. You know, she never left home. And then this one time, she left home and never, like, nobody ever saw her again. I still don't know where, you know where she is i wonder how they how he got her out of the house i mean what did he promise her that i don't know i don't know but it worked whatever it was yeah 
Next one is Roland Stewart, known as the Rainbow Man, who used to hold up John 316 signs at sports stadiums in the 70s and 80s. He was later arrested in 1992 and charged with several felonies, including kidnapping and hostage-taking. I only just learned about this guy who started a thing who started the thing of holding up John 316 signs at sports events. The Rainbow Man, or Roland Stewart, is a Christian zealot who had apparently tried spreading God's word by showing up at televised sporting events. He's now serving multiple life sentences. And you can look up why. It doesn't sound good. And my final one, the bizarre story of Edwin Rist, an American studying in London who was also the mastermind behind a feather heist in, in 2009. Yes, a case of a stolen feathers. He stole millions of dollars worth of bird specimens from a British National Museum so that he could sell them to salmon fly tires to make money to support his studies, buy a new flute, and have a better lifestyle. The museum didn't even register it had happened until 35 days later. There's a new and great This American Life on it, as well as a book by Kurt Wallace Johnson. He stole birds Bird from a specimens. museum? Yes. So that, so that he could sell them to salmon fly tires. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> Those are mine for the week. All right. It's time for the witty wrap-up. Yay, witty wrap-up. We had funny tweets. Okay. Why do I bother sterilizing milk bottles when my kid just licked the floor of Tesco? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Children. <laughs> no sadder relationship dynamic than my baby, absolutely obsessed with my three-year-old, and my three-year-old can you continuously tells us to throw her in the garbage. <laughs> if you want to be yelling at your kids in the car at 4.30 in the morning before you even get to the end of your driveway, a vacation <laughs> you, might be for you. Yeah. Would love to have a brief chat with whoever taught my son to roll his eyes and say, Oh my God, <laughs> whenever someone displeases him. Oh, wait. That was probably them. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. One day you're taking care of your baby's every need, and the next you're like, did I feed my kids lunch today? <laughs> Went on vacation so my kids could play on their iPads in a different state. A modern day parenting story. <laughs> yeah. What I said, it's bedtime. What my kid heard, put on a Batman mask and check the hallways for crime. have to enunciate. <laughs> <laughs> My six-year-old has started calling himself a smarty pants. And when I asked him why he thinks that, he said, well, I'm smart and I wear pants. There you go. Duh. <laughs> God. Halfway through my kid's crazy, complicated subway order, the guy asks, where are you going with the sandwich, man? <laughs> Me to my husband. Don't worry, he's only two. He'll forget about wanting ice cream for dinner if we don't bring it up. My two-year-old. Behold, mother, there is the exact space Grandma parked in when she drove me to this playground three weeks ago. I was clad in my green stegosaurus shirt. They remember everything. Uh, yes, they do. Paid $75 to take the family to the zoo so my toddler could ooh and ah over a caterpillar in the parking lot. <laughs> my eight-year-old's drawings of me have improved in detail. Although she still draws my body as a round ball, she now adds a nice touch of filling. A ni she adds a nice touch by filling in the dark circles around my eyes. <laughs> That's so nice. <laughs> That one needs a timeout. <laughs> Eleven-year-old. I'm bringing my saxophone home from school tomorrow. Me. Why? Eleven-year-old. To practice making sounds. Me. You mean notes? Eleven-year-old. No. We haven't learned those yet. Lucky us. Oh, fun. 
At least they warned him. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> My daughter asked me if they had ice cream in the olden days, and it took me a minute to realize she was talking about when I was a kid. <laughs> my god Ah, these kids just need slapped (laughs) my six-year-old found money and said it's unfair that i took it from her because she found it in my house (laughs) she found my money in my house (laughs) you don't have anything don't you know that (laughs) once you have kids (laughs) remember when your mom would just drop you at the mall and have no way to get in touch with you I don't even trust my kids to go upstairs alone. I know, right? Like, what It's the so fuck? weird. I know. <laughs> After I told my son it was time to leave the children's museum, he replied, I had a bad day and it's all your fault. So I replied, awesome. Several moms overheard and gave an understanding laugh and it was immediate kinship. <laughs> the eight-year-old. I wrote another book, my best one yet. Me, that's so great. Do you think you'll be a writer when you grow up? Her, stares. Did you not hear me? I wrote books. I'm a writer already. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Not to brag, but I finally got the sand out of the car from the last beach trip in 2018. Nice. Good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to daycare. Here's your eye infection. Or some sort of infection. Yeah. Take your pick. (laughs) My kid has been begging for a pet, so I bought her a rug and told her it was her carpet. She didn't laugh. Oh my god. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) Just pretend. It has pet in it. Shout out to the mom who didn't blink when my kid told her that I keep all her art projects forever. We're in this together and you had my back. (laughs) That was my last one. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Send in your stories. We need them. Ghoulsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. You can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. And we will talk to you next week. Later. Bye. Looking good. Looking good. Looks good. Okay.